I've never heard a British rap song that doesn't sound so unbelievably British. Yeah. Like, you know, like in America, we'll have like, you got like different types of rap. You yeah, have, you like, got like rumble south, rap. down south, you got like the Atlanta shit, you got fucking New York style rap, you got LA style wavy, yeah. laid back shit. Every, every British rapper sounds like a, a 1500s chimney sweep or something. Like, <laughs> what the, the, does nobody talk? Like, it's like you hear like, You hear like Ed Sheeran and like guys like that, the Beatles, Elton John, shit like that. When they sing, it's like, I know you're British, but like, it's very hard, you know, you sound normal, kind of. Yeah. Rap is like, they just go for it, dude. I skips. What are you doing with the beat, bro? She wanna pay for my watch like Nani. I'm a playboy, I don't need a carty. I'm like two and I don't cap for the Nani. When I was younger, I used to bone up Shani. Switch. Now back to the rule like facts. British rap, that was you said the number one song in the uh, non-Western world. Not this one. The the first one I played, the the Sprinter song. That's like uh that's been like the number one song in everywhere but here for most of the summer. Yeah, it's strange. I always, I kind of like, I want to get into British rap. Well, first, I got to get more into American rap before I can like take the plunge into British. But it's like, I don't know, it it doesn't seem, I don't know how to put this without offending British people. Mm -hmm. But like, American hip hop has like a history that's rooted in like American culture and yeah. i guess like all the way back from like you had like the intermingling of the folk music and the, the music that the s- slaves would make and stuff like that and it's just like this like rich history that is relevant to the context of america and then it just kind of feels like whenever i see somebody that's not from america doing it it seems like they're kind of like playing dress up a little bit like yeah. they're like pretending well, it's like it's crazy because it all goes back to chief keith if we want to be real that's where most things go back to at least for me most rappers from you know modern era rappers are all just divergence and different alternate reality versions of chief keef yeah um so he like you know chicago drill was -hmm. like really big back in like what early 2010s like it was like 2012 2013 when i don't like came out maybe Mm -hmm. i forget um like that's that shit I don't like. You can close that door, dude. This yeah, guy decided yeah. to hit off the power saw immediately. <laughs> Jesus, bro, sounds working like a, sounds five like a to fucking, nine, dude. That's his five to nine gig. Brit- British hip hop sound effect in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you were mentioning, Yo. um, but basically, uh, like I feel like the popularized British rap right now is like kind of like offshoot of grime, but also like UK drill. Okay. Which, like, grime, you know, that's been around for a while, but it was also more, like, drum and bassy type music. So it was more so, like, fucking, like, like, sounds like you're fucking, like, racing a car with a guy yeah, going, yeah. like, going fast, <laughs> overdrive, <laughs> to the speed of the course. <laughs> but then it turned into, like, that's the shit I don't like. You know, <laughs> they heard Chief Keef and they're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Um. Eventually, that turned into UK drill turned into like regular drill again. So it is, and then uh, those beats started influencing New York rap, 
And that's where like pop smoke and shit came from. So drill rap is another term that I've been uh, coming across recently. What what makes rap drill rap? Uh, It makes you want to go run a drill. Okay. A drill means you're going to go out and go, you know, cause some mayhem. Oh, okay. Maybe kill somebody. Get hyped up. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's basically workout music. Okay. To the the white layman. Okay. Okay. This is gym gym music. (laughs) (laughs) Not J I M G Y. Oh, okay. Okay. Gym music. I was like, I was not Not aware that this was my music. (laughs) They're making it for me. Yeah, I I think that uh, we've hated. uh, I think Americans. You know, it's funny because we really do kind of exist in our own world and and we live in this gilded cage of american culture where mm-hmm. all of our shit for the most part like our movies for the most part are better are like are are like sports are kind of just better you know yeah. like baseball is just better than cricket you know um american football like it, it's funny you know there's really no reason why soccer shouldn't be big here as no. well no yeah. when it is for the entire rest of the world and it's like older than our two most popular sports by far it's older than our country yeah yeah and yet not only do we not even refer to it as a football and we came up with our own sport and called mm-hmm. it football but we just don't give a shit and i wonder it's like was it's that also a- funny that like we took over america from the native americans mm-hmm. who had their own sport lacrosse Ah, uh, yes. And we're just like, nah, that shit's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if... Like, it's going to be, you know, active in, like, preppy white uh, charter schools for some reason. Yeah, that's But that's about it. I never understood why lacrosse is big for, like, uh, preppy white charter schools. Um, hockey's definitely, like, the blue-collar uh, white guy northern hoser sport. Yeah. Well, hockey is almost as if lacrosse... It's a lacrosse on ice. You know what I mean? Mm. It is. It is. They check. You know, they check sticks. They Mm -hmm. fight. They do all that shit. But like for lacrosse, it's like got to at least be warm a little bit. Yeah. I just wonder. I just wonder if it's like, was it an arrogance thing that we were like, dude, we see what the rest of you guys are doing and we don't give a fuck. We're doing our own thing. Or was it maybe perhaps that like we like I said before, exists in this gilded cage of just like kind of better shit that like if other countries were exposed to it, they'd be like all about it too. Like you kind of saw it basketball, like basketball is an American sport and now yeah. other countries fucking love it. Mm-hmm. They didn't give a fuck about basketball before. And apparently well, same with baseball, like most of fucking Asian countries love baseball. Oh, they love baseball. They They're not playing fucking shit. cricket. But also like, do you think, do you think baseball like I don't really know the full history of baseball. I kind of I you know, basketball more so I know just because like they made us watch that type of shit in like history class or whatever. Yeah. Um, but baseball, I'm like, did someone just like hear about cricket and do it wrong? Same with soccer or football, because like football was a thing. It's still mm-hmm. called football anywhere else but here, and it's soccer. Mm-hmm. But did someone like describe football when they got over to America? And they're like, "Yeah, I think I got it." <laughs> you said it's not even a ball, right? You said it's like a, a, a like a, like a, like yeah, it's a like a triangle. Weird triangle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double sided triangle, right? <laughs> like I don't know how you got that from what I said. But, yeah, and you said like definitely always use your hands. No, yeah. I, didn't, I don't you remember said saying that. Tackles, at all. right? <laughs> 
the game is called football. I, but it, it, football is like the perfect hybrid sport because it is like a lot of rugby um, and a lot of soccer. It's like it's like a combination of soccer and rugby. Mm-hmm. and like weird like military shit where it's like like the format of football is i would oh, say prop dude no you brought up military that made me remember i'm pretty sure i do remember where football came from mm. and it was in the aftermath of world war Two. was it world war Two or was it after the civil war it was one of the things football's where it was gotta like, be earlier than world war Two. Yeah, I just remember it being something like we got a civil war. We got to make sure, you know, we got to keep this fighting spirit going, but mm-hmm. we got to make it sure that we don't kill each other. Yes, I believe that the first college uh, football started like in colleges, like the Ivy League schools, mm-hmm. and I believe the first national champion was in 1892, and it was. Uh, I think they were co-champions. I think it was Rutgers versus Princeton. Wow, they just give out awards to everyone nowadays. They, I know they got that was the original. There was literally only <laughs> there was like four football programs in the country, and then still they still had two champions. Yeah. It was like if you were the other two, you're like, damn, dude. <laughs> literally fifty yeah, percent of the country is national champions, and we're still not in it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's it's kind of I mean, but you go again. It's like you know, basketball started out a whole different fucking thing. Um, and then you have to wonder, it's like, you know, as much as we take in, and in my opinion, I think baseball, baseball is a sport that I, I, my, every now and then I've been watching a lot of it recently and I am amazed. Uh, it's so different from every other sport that we play. And the, the idea of like the baseball, like I, I never got into baseball as a kid. Um, I got into watching it, but I still am terrified of getting hit by a pitch and I don't oh, yeah. understand how you don't get terrified of that. Dude, once they let kids pitch, that's when I quit baseball. Oh yeah, because yeah. when adults were pitching, it's like there's this adult is not gonna hurt me on purpose. Mm-hmm. This kid will. <laughs> like <laughs> this kid is, and maybe not even on purpose, but they're just gonna try to throw it as hard as they can. Yeah, because that's what they think the game is, and it pretty much and is, and that's what it is. But yeah. like, they don't have good aim. Yeah, I remember so many kids getting hit, and I just remember being like, damn. Count my lucky stars, it's not me, but also I do not want to play next year. It seems like an archaic sport in that, if you think about it, one of the funniest rules in baseball to me is the whole like getting hit by a pitch and then you get the, you get to go to first base. Mm-hmm. Because that rule only works because it hurts so bad to get hit by a pitch. Yeah. Like if the ball wasn't... Especially a, in like the majors. Like, oh, totally. You're getting hit by like an... 88 to 95 plus mile an hour ball dude like you're fucked if the ball wasn't rock hard getting thrown at 100 miles per hour for a fastball some of the guys are getting like 102 103 now then that whole hit by pitch rule wouldn't even apply because people would just be trying to get hit by a pitch yeah so literally the only reason that rule even works is because it hurts so fucking bad that no one would actually go out of their way to get hit by it because get hit on purpose getting first base just isn't worth it Mm -hmm. and it's like you get literally You'll see a guy like get hit in the fucking face, and it's like, sorry, sorry, I hit you with a hundred mile per hour fastball to the face. You can take first base. And he's like, I'm dead. Like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> it just it my seems my fucking face will never look the same. <laughs> it's like when you hear about that uh, that Mayan sport that was in that Disney movie. I think El Dorado. You ever see El Dorado? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and they they're like playing with that like ball where you have to like use your hips, and it's like this like heavy wooden ball and it's like dude they couldn't think of anything like softer or anything and it Mm -hmm. seems like with baseball i'm like how are we still doing this like insanely painful ball you know Mm -hmm. you get hit in the face of the football it's like ouch 
Yeah, I mean, but you can't make something super soft or bouncy because then everyone's hitting home runs. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's strange. And cricket's the same way, except with them, they fucking bounce it. And with cricket, you can hit it both ways. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have, like... So, again, baseball is, like, mostly, obviously, cricket because you have, like, the base... You have, like, one base, and you just run back and forth, and you have, like, the three wooden planks in the back, and the pitcher has to actually physically knock. It's kind of almost like bowling a little bit, where, like, they have to, like, hit the plank over. Dude, I'm realizing how much I don't know about cricket right now. The thing is... <laughs> You're talking about... The thing is... There's planks they gotta hit? Yeah, there's, like... Uh, I think they're called, like, Quidditch... No, that's the Harry Potter. That's They're Harry called Potter. like something quickets or no, that's the sport. <laughs> I have no Quicket. idea. Quicket, quickets. Wickets. Wickets. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like so many things don't make sense. And you can kind of see why other sports have kind of gravitated to be like, because the thing, the thing with America and what we, what we did best is because we have such a rich history in just trying to make that money, baby. Mm. We took every sport and we were like, this is great, but this isn't really good for making money. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you think about soccer, it's the way it's set up is not like they do 45 minutes of nonstop soccer. If you're trying to, you could be watching the World Cup and you're trying to like have, uh, you know, a commercial, you can't because mm-hmm. there's no there's no stopping of the game. It's just nonstop for 40 plus minutes because they just add arbitrary time at the end of every uh, period. And it's like, if you're a marketer, you're like, Dude, this sucks. Why don't we have football where the play stops every 3.6 seconds and then every time any minor thing happens, we go to a fucking beer commercial. And that's why now you see uh like with soccer like all the teams that just have like advertisements all over them because that's the mm-hmm. only way you can advertise in soccer. Yeah. And it's like I almost feel like in an effort to try to make money off these sports, we kind of just might have made it a little better. You know, and I think other countries saw that. They're like, damn, like, but soccer is one that I just I just wish that people cared about it a little bit more, you know, but we just we just fucking don't. But back to the hip hop thing, it's like I was I was kind of shitting on uh, not shitting on British hip hop, but mm. just I, I it's I think most people would agree that it's a little bit harder to take seriously. Yeah, it's just not just the accent but just like the whole context and i know like there's like well it's like it's also as like an american with no context of whatever current day england or britain or whatever like i haven't been over there i have no idea i don't know what the fuck it looks like all i know is from media and england it just you know it looks like a bunch of alfreds are walking around drinking tea (laughs) and i'm like i'm supposed to feel threatened by this guy this guy's talking about fucking it is definitely, it is definitely American. Uh, I hate to say it, but it's a little bit of American ignorance in just like our impression of London is just like Jolly Day, blah 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 blah. And it's yeah. like hard to imagine that like they have hoods. Yeah, no, and they have like you know, and people doing s- bad stuff over there. I'm sure, and they'll stab you. Yeah, I hate to say it, that's almost more threatening. Yeah, I mean, a gun. Obviously, I would prefer not to be accosted by either, but. The knife? That's almost more brutal, dude. Yeah, it's more like It's personal. definitely more brutal. It's like you're fucking... You, uh, you put that right up next to you. That knife sound effect in a thing? You're like, ooh, <laughs> please don't stab me. For a prick, yeah? <laughs> For a prick, yeah? And then, of course, because they're British, they have to come up with the corniest slang to describe it, and then you're yeah. unthreatened by it again. He, like, pulls that knife. He's like, I'll fucking... I'll prick you. I'll you're chef like, you. I'll chef you up. You're like, oh, geez, I guess I'm not scared anymore. You're like, a, yeah. You're making me dinner? <laughs> <laughs> mm, delicious. I don't know. Uh, but then but then when you get back to it, it's like, I've, I've been kind of thinking for a while that 
you know, a lot of, a lot of American hip hop is uh, kind of. Uh, I've noticed every now and then you'll watch like a. Uh, not this does not go for every rapper because there's obviously very many rappers that like you see in an interview are like, oh, this is you. But there's a lot of rappers when you watch them in like a personal interview. Mm-hmm. I get kind of like a theater kid energy from them. Oh yeah, for sure. Where it's like. I I in I'm trying to like say like oh the British people are posers and then I look at our own American rappers and you'll like you'll see like uh you know like for instance I was watching um an interview with Scott and it was uh I guess Lil Yachty's has this uh uh I guess it's a podcast but it's kind of like it's more it kind of more looks like a talk show and they mm-hmm. were doing this thing on the beach and I guess Lil Yachty and Drake are cool or whatever and you're watching both of them and you, it's almost hard to believe that those are the same people that are making the music they make. Oh yeah, like but they, also like um, yeah, you got to think about it. Uh, like Drake was a child actor star from Canada who like made his money from Degrassi, mm-hmm. and then after that ship sailed, he is like you know. I want to make music, but also like I can't rap about being a fucking actor. So yeah. of course he's gonna rap about start up front about him now. I'm here. Yeah, and I guess that's a good you know that's an anthem people can get behind. And he even it's got not, I started making clean ass commercials. <laughs> now I'm on the way to Nickelodeon. Later, cripple on the grassy. Now I'm here. <laughs> like, damn, I guess that's that's honest at least. I don't know. It's like and then like little Yachty. It's like you know I'm sure wherever the you know he's from georgia i guess mm-hmm. i feel like there's not you know georgia doesn't have the best spots mm-hmm. who knows who knows if he grew up in the the fucking whatever or not but at the same time he's like i think he's just musically talented and also he like writes music for other people he wrote that like city girl song mm-hmm. the like act up song or whatever yeah no i'm not taking away anything from either. obviously especially i'm less familiar with lil yachty's music although i've, I've know some songs but mm-hmm. obviously drake is like you know probably one of the most prolific artists of our time yeah and uh you know i'm not trying to take away and even he even kind of touched upon it on the show he was like you know people like they always bring up the whole degrassi thing and blah 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 blah, blah like call like trying to call me out as like a poser or whatever and and it's like you know just because you were a child actor doesn't mean you like struggled when you were growing up mm-hmm. but but the other thing you have to kind of uh called to the table is like there's a difference between like just kind of not having a lot of money and being like a gangster. Yeah. Like they, they don't go hand in hand. Just not being rich does not automatically make you a gangster or else we are gangster as fuck. Oh yeah. Like, you know, like Well, also it's like isn't it like not gangster to not have money or something? Like if you grew up being a gangster, wouldn't you you probably grew up with money, I assume. I think in order to be a gangster you have to have not had money and then accrued it through uh, illicit Degrassi. means. Through grassy. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to start from the bottom and then get here, but in like a, a hard as fuck way. Mm. You know, I don't think that you become a gangster by starting from the bottom and then becoming a child actor and then transitioning that into a very successful and, uh, you know, a musical career that I respect and regard. But... You know, he was just saying like there were certain things that like I I like Drake a lot. I think he I, I think you can tell oh, yeah. when you watch I, him. I probably listen to Drake at least once or twice a week. Yeah, 
and, and you can tell when you watch him, he's a good dude. But there were certain things he said, like he was like, you know, sometimes I'll like meet these girls, and they'll be like, oh wow, you're like actually a nice guy. Like, I, and he's like, what do you mean actually? Like, you're basically just telling me that you would have thought I wasn't a good guy. And it's like, well, can you blame them? Like, I mean, like it's almost like you, can you take a certain amount of responsibility for like, you know, when the, you're rapping about fucking, you know, this bitch over here and this bitch over there and fucking her and doing that and cheating. It's like, that is the, the image of yourself that you put out. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're basically kind of saying, it's like, no, that's all fake as shit. And if you're, because if, if you're, if you're not actually that person, but that's what you rap about, then that means you're kind of being a poser, which, Hey, you're, poser music is good mm-hmm. and it's good like anthem shit but it's kind of hard to both to simultaneously be like yo i'm actually this person that i i'm not like faking it i'm actually this person and then when somebody goes like wow i i thought you were that person you're like why would you think i was that person mm-hmm. like which is it dude are you a fucking guy who's like really good at portraying a hip-hop artist or are you that guy you know i mean listen he got to start acting I mean, look, there's a lot of stuff. Talking about portraying a character. Hmm. I'm going to trudge. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I'm talking about, which is the, the theater kid energy you get where it's like even like you well, watch. it's also like a lot of, you know, a lot of people kind of just fake it till they make it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you always hear about fucking rappers who are like, it looks like they're living a lavish lifestyle on Instagram or whatever, but then they're fucking broke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everyone's kind of putting on a face. Well, but that, and that's kind of like, uh, I guess that's kind of where their hypocrisy comes in. Uh, A, going back to the original topic with British hip hop, but also there's always controversies with like, um, you know, even with like white rappers and stuff like that, like Eminem and and Post Malone and and Jack Harlow and stuff like that, who it's kind of gone away. It's less of a thing, but it was kind of more of a thing back then where people would be like, oh, they're appropriating this music and they're appropriating this kind of image and this lifestyle. But it's like, well, if we're being honest, as we've just discussed, there's so many rappers in general that mm-hmm. are kind of just appropriating this image because that's what well, sells also, records. Also, the thing that sucks is like, and not that not that it sucks, but it's like when they when rappers are actually rapping about the real shit they do and like actually living that life, they fucking end up in jail like a year after they get famous. Yeah. And that's that's kind because of because they're just like snitching themselves out at that point. And that's kind of where you get into the more uh, deeper water of the. So conversation. it's like, why would you be, why would you be a fucking like gangster if you're a fucking you know top ten record seller, right? Like, why would you even put that at risk? Uh, because unfortunately, like I was saying, like with the you know the deeper water, when you get into it, it's like unfortunately when you you sell that image, that is what kind of sells. And I almost look at it as, and this isn't me directly attacking Drake or anybody else, but I think there's a good case to be made that when you have these people that really aren't actually about that life the way that they portray it, but they portray it that way because that's what sells records. Mm-hmm. Well, what you're doing is you're behind closed, you're, you're, you're selling this lifestyle and then other people hear it and go like, shit, man, like, I mean, it's kind of, it's a, it's a antiquated argument of like, you know, 
hip-hop being a bad influence and stuff and i'm not trying to get into that like kind of like evangelical shit you know i'm just saying like from just a just a logical angle it's like if you're if you're not actually living that life but you portray that life to other people who then see the life you're living and go like oh shit he did that by x y and z and doing this that the third Mm -hmm. and you're selling that and so other people now latch onto that image as like a path to success in their own lives but behind closed doors you're like nah dude i was like a fucking i'm a fucking actor like i play the part of this guy who's like this badass guy who goes out and fucks. I mean, I'm sure Drake fucks bitches, obviously. That's not, I'm not mm. accusing him of not doing that, but like just the general lifestyle. And it's well, like, eh. also, Drake is like, I feel like a weird outlier too, because it's like, I bet at this point, some of the shit he raps about is true just because of how fucking rich he is. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Dude. Oh, yeah. But it's like, it's almost a case of, uh, you know, we've talked about it before, but like Andrew Dice Clay, that was his character, and he did it so much that he became that person. Yeah, you become that guy. So I think Drake is just, he is that guy. Yeah, he has become... I don't know if he started off as that guy, but that's what he is now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't even think he's lying about shit anymore. And he was also talking about kind of making a slow trend. He was just kind of saying like, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I'm kind of thinking like, not i'm not quite ready to do it yet but kind of just taking like a graceful exit and he kind of brought up like tom brady and michael jordan all these guys that were like considered like the greats I mean, in tom the field. brady <laughs> <laughs> what is i don't think he exited yet isn't he playing again? i think he did I, I i i he did retire he retired but then came back to a team and then retired again he okay so what he did was he uh the path of tom brady is his wife said she was gonna leave him if he didn't retire so he retired and then he went back to playing again and she then divorced she left, him. And then she left him so she okay. held true on her thing um so yeah he he played for the patriots for like 18 years also fun stat the patriots now this year are zero and two they started out the season uh oh and two for the first time since 2001 which is the year before tom brady took over i believe so this is the first time in Patriots history since before they had Tom Brady as their starting quarterback that they have started a season 0-2. So that just goes to show you. And then he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in his last, uh, his second to last season, won a Super Bowl with them when he was like 40, and then said he re- was going to retire, unretired, wife left him, played one more season with the Bucks, went to the playoffs, lost in the first round, and then he officially retired. Mm. Now, that is the only... Uh, criticism i'd give tom brady is like dude you should have just fucking you should have left off that last super bowl like because like most quarterbacks like once you kind of transfer to another team when you've been playing with another team for like 20 years that's usually the beginning of the end Mm. like when the team that you have led to seven super bowls says yeah we're gonna go with someone else it's usually generally most quarterbacks even the greats don't bounce you know johnny unitas went to like the fucking chargers after he left baltimore aaron Rodgers just uh left the packers and then he started with the jets and got injured in the first two plays. Felt bad mm-hmm. about that. So to actually leave the Patriots, this dynasty that you built, go to another team as a 40-something-year-old man, win a Super Bowl, it's like, that would have been the time. Talk yeah. about graceful exits. Ray Lewis exits with ex- retires from the game after winning the Super Bowl in Baltimore, the only team he ever played for his entire career. Mm-hmm. That's a graceful exit. And it's interesting when you get to that level of success and I guess Drake's 35, 36 now, um, which, you know, now that 
you know, I'm 31, you'll be 31 in two days. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem all that old, but I guess if you've been at the top of the fucking heap since you were like 19 or how long, it's also like a young man's game. Yeah, that is, that is true. Hip hop in particular, I would say Mm -hmm. music in general, but even more so, I would say hip hip hop. Yeah. Just because every year there's a new crop of like anywhere from like 17 to 19 year olds that like pop off with a one hit and then you know fade to obscurity and then the ones who hang on usually fizzle out by their mid-20s yeah and then like the ones who actually make it and keep going that's like drake and that kind of drake and like who else from his like generation like big sean maybe yeah obviously kendrick and j cole but like what are they doing i don't know you know, it's fucking weird. Weird to say that these guys that were popping, those that was a fucking decade ago almost, dude. Yeah, I That's mean, how, ugh, Kid like, Cudi, but he kind of... There was a time when I was like, I'm I'm on top of this shit, dude. I know who's who. Like, I, I know Kendrick. I know fucking J. Cole. I know Big Sean. And now I'm like, now you say those names, they're like, those guys are throwbacks now. It's kind of yeah. fucking weird. But it's just like, you know, when you get to that point, it's like you start thinking like... And and it kind of goes back to, again, the whole thing we're talking about, which is like how hip hop is perceived in, you know, UK hip hop. It's like just specifically because of hip hop, because of the the whole imagery around it, it, it is so much more a young man's game. It's like hard to listen to a 40 year old man rapping. It just doesn't yeah. work. It's hard for like a 30 plus year old rapper to break, you know? Yeah. You have like guys like Jay-Z. Eminem is probably the most yeah. egregious example. I mean, honestly, like, I'd say like rock or like whatever country or folk or whatever. I feel like that's like an our age. Like people our age will break out and have their first hit. Yes. In their 30s. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But like rap, it's like you either got to be in school, freshly dropped out, or like this is your freshman year at college. Yeah. And then that's your last chance yeah you do it and then it's uh, it's fucking you know so i don't know shouts out to drake shouts out to hip-hop in general but that's it was kind of crazy to hear him talking about eyeing up retirement or not even really retirement but just kind of like transitioning to the next thing of like maybe becoming a producer or something like that mm-hmm. uh you know even you see with post malone he's definitely transitioned more to like kind of like singing i don't even know what jack harlow's doing um by the way live from the studio i'm jimmy seleski america glazer what are we uh, like 40 minutes into oh the yeah podcast? <laughs> who fucking knows uh this podcast of course is brought to you by a new concoction uh coming straight from the desk studio enterprises i was going to call it natural aid but you actually had a better name a natural disaster a natural disaster <laughs> <laughs> So I just assume you're gonna get diarrhea from drinking this. Yeah, it's it's a it's a play on our uh, less one of our less popular cocktails, the Millerade, uh, which is half Miller Lite, half Gatorade Zero. Mm-hmm. This, uh, in case you can't put two and two together, is natural light and Gatorade Zero. And I would wager to say it's actually, dare I say, better than Millerade. Because natural light is the water of beers. True. So you're just drinking diluted Gatorade Zero right now. Yeah. With a slight little kick, Mm. you know? And it's not bad. It's a little bit of foam. (laughs) I'll drink just about anything, dude. And this is like, 
I think you should mix yourself up one, honestly. I I am good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I were you no, and you were me, I would make a, a natural hate. <laughs> I think I'll mix myself up another one here. It sounds like a some sort of like uh like home remedy. Like uh, it's like an, a wives' tale. It's the like curing the common cold. <laughs> I heard uh a a drink concoction speaking of these wise tale drinks mm-hmm. i clicked on a youtube video that said the gatorade of the 1700s mm. and the drink was called switchel and it was made out of uh water ginger vinegar and uh some other random shit but it, the vinegar is what piqued my interest cuz i was mm-hmm. like vinegar like vinegar is a weird thing I, well my, back then it probably would have been like an apple cider vinegar yeah you know yeah and we don't we don't think of vinegar i i rarely think of vinegar yeah. honestly i mean it's it's one of those things that like i want i was actually thinking about it today because my keurig machine is uh no longer with us as far mm-hmm. as i know i mean it's probably fixable but i you know if anybody has a keurig machine it's like kidney stones uh literally quite literally yeah. i uh pretty much it has to like it like decalcify de-scale it, right? it. De-scale, you have to descale yeah. it um which i i've owned it for five and a half years and i have never done that yeah never once so you tried to make a, a coffee martini the other day and a fucking fish <laughs> plopped out <laughs> um so essentially uh it just won't make a fucking coffee it just like kind of spurts and sputters and i'm imagining it probably has something to do with the fact that a i haven't descaled it in five years and also mm-hmm. i haven't changed the filter on it for Ooh. three because yeah. i did change the filter on it once in my when defense, you moved into that apartment <laughs> i put the first You're one like, in when i took it out about the box. this <laughs> and then i had another filter because it comes with two and i still didn't change it for mm-hmm. like eons i mean but that's I feel like that's most people though, because I had a Brita for the longest time, and I think I I don't I think I never changed the filter mm-hmm. in the Brita, and it gets to a point where the Brita is less, it, 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 the water that you're getting out of the Brita is worse than the water you're getting out of the faucet. Yeah, you're getting like pond water. I've I've definitely lowered my sense when I moved into the apartment. I I hate drinking out of the kitchen sink. Uh-huh. It disgusts me. You just like you know you you know that like when dishes are sitting in there and sometimes somebody's washing a dish like mm-hmm. some like speck of scrambled egg when you're scrubbing the thing like kind of gets up and grazes across the bottom of the faucet and you don't even see it some fucking mm-hmm. weird chicken grease and just like there's no way you can convince me no, that the yeah. kitchen sink is not dirty but then there's also no way you can convince me to change my Brita filter <laughs> so <laughs> so I got to the point where I was just like all right dude you know. I'm just going to lower my standards. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of uh, the general theme of <laughs> of uh, my existence at the moment. It's just kind of just kind of like, you know, recalibrating my expectations. Mm-hmm. Well, I set my bar too high. Wait, I can't drink out of a kitchen sink now? Yeah. I'm going to be the guy. I'll drink out of a hose, but I can't drink out of a kitchen sink. I always said I prefer the bathroom sink to the kitchen sink. Now I actually prefer the kitchen sink to the bathroom sink because now I'm thinking about all the fucking dirty ass toothbrushes. My brother, yeah, you're taking a shit, it's going up the fucking yeah. the, the faucet. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> dude. You can't win. You but, can't uh, win. So with this with this vinegar situation, apparently you can buy a descaling solution mm-hmm. that you mix one part that one part water. You run it through your machine until it says it's good. 
I clearly don't have that. I think that should go without saying I don't have that. Yeah, yeah. And also to actually etch out a, a 30 minute segment of my busy, busy day and go to a store two blocks away to purchase this solution and then come back and then do it. I just didn't see that happening. Yeah. For well, me. It's also like you've pretty, you've had that Keurig for five years. Mm-hmm. So it's an old one. It's an old Keurig. Yeah. You probably got your money worth out of it. I think it's totaled. Yeah. Like, I think, I yeah. think you just get a new one. I think the point. bottle okay. of descaling solution that I would buy might be worth more than the machine itself. Yeah. It's probably, you know, they probably don't make that shit anymore. Which is why I then started resorting to ulterior methods, mm-hmm. such as using distilled white vinegar instead. Mm. Uh, turns out, believe it or not, I don't have that either. Yeah. So now I just didn't do anything. But it got me thinking about vinegar and why it was ever invented in the first place. You know, there's like so many things that like exist that I wonder like who was the guy that was sitting there in a pre-vinegar world mm-hmm. and was like, Earth is great, society is good, but don't you feel like it's missing something? And that thing was vinegar? Like mm-hmm. certain things that get invented, you're like, why did you invent that? What was the original usage of vinegar? You know? I think it's like an original cleaning solution, right? I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like kind of like what and they- it's also for like, you know, uh, preservation. Preservation's a big one. Yeah. Getting all stocked up for winter um for gargling i guess yeah, some gargling. people drink apple cider vinegar for their health for their gut health definitely the most one of the most versatile solutions we have is mm-hmm. vinegar um and i think it's kind of fallen off in recent years because i think now that i think we've lost touch like i feel like so many of like the home remedies that you hear about that you have to like google these were like understood things back in the day yeah like because we didn't have all these like available things on the market like windex and all this shit so like people just knew like oh dude you want to clean your windows use fucking peanut butter oh, like, yeah throw, you can do that? throw apple peels in a bucket of water and let it sit for a couple of weeks and then you can clean your house with it yeah i didn't fucking know that yeah and then we we lost touch at that and that is again you know big fucking capitalism now i don't even know i don't even know how to survive if i don't have like some branded bottle of thing that's like specific it's like you know but you know Back in the day, they had this drink, like I was saying, called Switchel, and it was mostly, I think vinegar was like one of the primary ingredients, and the guy made it live on the air, mm-hmm. and it was apparently very good, and he was saying that apparently it was so popular that like they used to just have a big punch bowl of Switchel like in the state house, like the Congress, wow. and they would mix like Jamaican rum into it, oh my God. and they would all just be kind of just fucking drinking out of it during house meetings and stuff, mm-hmm. and that kind of tied together a lot uh, for history for me um, because it's hard to imagine now uh, that our current politicians would be like in Congress Mm -hmm. just kind of all just sipping on something strong yeah sipping on something hanging out together and I almost listen and we might be getting back to that day I don't know if you saw that video from Colorado oh no I did not the Republican congresswoman and the Democratic congressman, they sat side by side in that playhouse watching Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, Democrat hand on Republican tit, Republican hand on Democrat dick. That was real? That was real, yeah. Yo, I thought that was... Like, okay, I saw that. I saw a little clip of it on Friday Beers, which is a great follow. Follow Friday Beers on Instagram. It's very bro fratty humor, but that appeals to me sometimes. Um... 
And I saw the clip of it, and I was like, first of all, my first thought was, there's no way that's uh, Lauren Bo- Bobert or whatever her name is, because I was like, whoa. I mean, it definitely was. Uh, I'm sure it um, is. I just, I was. I also like. I, I don't know who either of these people are. I've heard the Laura name before, or Lauren, or whatever. Yeah, but like, you know, her pre- her team kept being like, "No, she wasn't vaping. She wasn't vaping." And then the theater, after they were getting hate for kicking out whoever the fuck that is, mm-hmm. uh, they're like, "No, we actually have video of it. We'll put that out right now." No, so they way. put out a video of her just like vaping in the playhouse. Like rubbing on the dude's dick, him yep. grabbing her tit and shit, and then wow. people coming up being like, "Hey, can you guys not do that here?" Like, do you, don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am, dude? And what then the fuck? into them getting kicked out. We weren't vaping. We weren't doing anything. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? What the fuck, dude? Yeah, they got caught for vaping and then fought back and then got caught for hitting second base in a movie theater. Yeah, I think so. What well, the during f- a a Beetlejuice production. How do you? When you say playhouse, I'm assuming you mean like a, a like theater. A theater yeah. Okay. Like I'm a, imagining like a McDonald's playhouse. No, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> playhouse, I think, has a different thing here. So they were in a theater watching yeah, they a- They were watching theater. They were watching Beetlejuice live. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, okay, these are things that like, we've all had thoughts when we go to a, a, a place with our significant other, and every now and then you're like, what if I just like, did that? You know, like, but I never really have done it because I've never, like, sure, you know, hooking up in a movie theater, that's fine. But also, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not going to do it if there's someone next to me. Yeah. Like, they're in a packed auditorium doing that shit. They're adults. What the fuck are they You're did? a grown Thinking. adult. I think back to the one time I ever made out in a movie theater, and it was my first kiss, and I was 16. And after. The movie was. I waited the entire movie to make my. I think I. I think I went in for the kiss like during the closing credits. Yeah, not well played. The after credit scene. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait for it's coming around. Tony Stark. I think it was a cool. My name's uh, Nick. Cool, cool. Eight and a half seconds. I want to say. Hell yeah. And uh, the the people behind me got up and like dapped me up. hell yeah yeah because you did it when like the lights were on (laughs) (laughs) you did it as like an usher was trying to clean the popcorn under your feet (laughs) and i just can't i i even even the thought of doing that now as a completely unknown person just a generic 31 year old man in the movies making out making out in public is kind of trashy to me Mm -hmm. i think p i think public i i've gotten it's like i think there's a time and a place for it wedding you're well, married. Well, you're getting married. Like, I think there's a difference between giving like a quick kiss to your significant other and mm-hmm. like tonguing them in the fucking checkout line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you can be like, okay, see you later. But if you're going to like, hey, give me a big fat wet one, honey. I'll see you later. That's different. Yeah, I think that I'm a little. I've been told that I'm a little too touchy when it comes to, not touchy the way that it, it would mean, like touchy. Uh, I guess the better way is I'm a little not touchy enough in public because I just, I, I kind of just get skewed out by any amount of PDA. Like I don't really, mm-hmm. I think we talk about this. I'm not a big fan of my friends seeing me kiss anyone ever. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just a weird, it, it's a weird side of your friend. You kind of like, 
whenever you whenever yeah, I you, just, you don't think about that yeah it's know? just like that oh, oh like you also do that and it's like i don't know it's like it's like a side of your friend your boys that you just you don't think about and then you like see them like kiss and it's like this soft side and you're like yeah i mean we're we're both like traumatized by uh you know religion yeah <laughs> so <laughs> that's why we think the, this way but obviously this isn't the normal yeah, uh, the norm. Yeah, of society. Yes, yeah. I would say most people <laughs> are probably a little less weird about it than I am or you are. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, when you're you're a grown adult and a public figure, and you're in a, a a public place doing that, it's like, dude, what? And and that, okay, so first and foremost, you have the political angle here, which is like a Democrat and Republican. Mm-hmm. All the all the uh, you know. Facade. It's it's classic Romeo Juliet type shit, dude. And that shit goes on. We can't be together. Yeah. We can't be together. So that makes us want to be together even more. (laughs) It just kind of like. Right here. Take me in Beetlejuice. (laughs) Take me. (laughs) Give me an over the pants. Are you sitting on my vape? (laughs) Can you check to see if you're sitting on my vape, though? It just peels back the curtains of this, you know, because from the outside looking in, we're Man, supposed to think something got peeled back. Oh yeah, the Republicans and the outside. the Republicans and the the Democrats are supposed to like they they we think they're supposed to think that each other are the worst. Like Republicans are racist and Democrats are communists, and then yeah, but hey, it turns out they're horny theater kids too. Yeah, exactly. And there is no better example of uh of theater kid than politicians. Mm-hmm. They are the quintessential theater kids they always say those who can't act go into politics and i never understood it until you watch an actual politician the vast majority of them you're like dude this is like a bad actor Mm -hmm. and i can't believe people watch any of these people and actually buy into it like that they like they look so rehearsed it makes me so there's that and then there's just the more generic thing where it's like you realize that it's like any other restaurant job where Mm -hmm. it's like you're just co-workers and like you work for the Republicans, and so you're supposed to have this opinion on this, and like most of the shit, like you probably don't even have a strong opinion on. But like, hey, if you want to be a part of this party, you got to have this opinion. And then you realize it's like, no, these are all a bunch of fucking degenerate. The same way there's like bartenders banging other servers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like this is what's going on. And so I almost kind of when I heard about going back to the the, the Switchel thing with the with the Jamaican rum, I almost kind of thought like, you know, I would would dare venture to say that we might actually have a more productive Congress if we could just chill it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, why not get a fucking... Because the thing is, it's like, you already know all these motherfuckers outside of Congress are powwowing around, as we've seen, powwowing around, going to dinner parties, fucking each other, hanging out, cheating on their significant others with each other. You already know that already goes on. So this whole inside the Congress, we're supposed to act like none of that exists. It's like, no. And then they go in there and then they put on this mask of this person that's supposed to think this and do that. It's like, no, why don't we just get you guys in there being your true selves? Why don't we put a fucking bowl of rum punch out there and let you get a couple cups and then we'll talk policy because then we might actually get some real thoughts, some real opinions, some real actual like calling people out or agreeing with people that maybe when you're completely sober and and trying to like, you know, you take, you go out with somebody, you know, I guarantee how many times you fucking a Republican or a Democrat person go out, you get a couple beers, all of a sudden you find yourself kind of like, I'm, I'm with you on that, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. like, 
at the job, you have to, no, I'm totally against it. It's like, why don't, like, it also makes a lot of sense of those stories you hear about, like, with, like, Andrew Jackson, like, beating somebody with a fucking cane outside mm-hmm. the state house, or, like, yeah. fucking, uh, what's his, Alexander Hamilton, like, shooting somebody. You're like, oh, that now that I know that they were all yeah, just there fucking used getting, to be beef. <laughs> they were get they were like bar fights at the fucking at the fucking state house. And mm. it's like, you know, we also got shit done. Yeah. Well, so this is a little bit of an aside and it but it, it comes back to the uh you know, let people drink or do whatever at their job. Um to have a better workplace. Uh there's did you see the HBO documentary, the telemarketers thing? No. Check it out. It's on my server. Okay. Um, What's it called? Telemarketers. It's only three episodes. Okay. But basically, uh, you know, to give you a quick, quick rundown, um, this guy dropped out of high school, started working for this telemarketing firm, uh, doing calls for like fraternal order police, blah, blah, blah. All those charity scams that get like call you and like, hey, he's, officer died on the line of duty this week. Can we get a gold donation of $25? Yeah. Today we'll send you a sticker. Da, 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 da. Um, so he worked at one of these places. He was, you know, first job out of dropping out of high school. Everyone else who worked there was either same situation or they had just gotten out of jail. So like the entire, uh, office was just like crooks and criminals. And they would just smoke weed before going into works. People would like shoot up heroin at their desk while they're calling for the police to get donations and shit. But, it was their top performing office for that company in the U.S. Wow. Where, like, all laws were gone. People were fucking, like, prostituting in the bathroom. They were, like, dealing drugs from their cubicle. They would all get, you know, they'd win these awards, and then the managers would fucking do beer bongs out of them. And, like, dude, That's it awesome. was insane. <laughs> but, but it was like, oh, so is this how you have, like, a happy staff and a productive workplace? Let them fucking just get fucked up all Let day, every day. Up. Let them party and have fun, and they'll do their job the best? Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's crazy. First major takeaway, <laughs> turns out telemarketers are scumbags? That's crazy. I didn't. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> but secondly, this is another one of those, uh, I guess, uh, that we're both tapping upon uh, opinions that I've kind of had for a while that almost seems like I'm joking when I say it, mm-hmm. but I've al- I've always kind of uh, I've never been a fan of um I can't remember if we talked about this before I don't think we have uh, at least recently, but like I've never been a fan of of when you go to a bar and the bartender can't drink. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was kind of uh I don't know it just it just kind of it just didn't feel right. It it was like it's weird when like you're there doing something. And the person that you're uh, that's serving you can't do it, and it just kind of like takes it. It almost makes it feel like more of like it's like like a chaperone type of situation as opposed to like we're all here to hang out. And um, what happens is it kind of goes back to the the whole you know drug legalization argument is when you have a bunch of people that are drinkers. Obviously, most people that are working in bars are either currently drinkers or people that used to be big drinkers that have completely kicked it um, because they couldn't uh, control themselves when they were drinkers. So you have a bunch of like drinking culture people and then you put them in a scenario where when they're not allowed to just kind of casually maybe sip a beer or do a shot every hour or something like that, like something reasonable, they wind up sneaking shit and doing it worse. And I've seen that a lot. Like where when you have a restaurant that like absolutely says like, no, no drinking on the job, 
there'd be people like sneaking beers and shit like that. But when you have restaurants that say like, look, you get a $25 comp tab. We'd prefer if you use it for like a customer that's like been there or like a regular, you want to buy him a drink kind of like, you know, just as a, as a shout out to them. Or if you want to like get yourself a beer, do a shot with a customer and get yourself a shot. Like what happens is it's like, they go, okay, cool. I got a $25 comp tab. I can drink a couple shots on the shift. And it almost winds up mitigating the issue more so than like when they say like no drinking at all and then there's no way of tracking who's drinking what and then they're just mm-hmm. fucking now of course that doesn't account for people that will use up the entire comp tab and then get even more wasted mm-hmm. but it's like you know if they were going to drink that much they probably were going to drink that much regardless yeah you know um i just think it makes for a better i i, I genuinely do i feel like uh corporate uh culture is so sterile and so repressed um where people literally that's why i love that show severance because it's such a great metaphor for this idea that you literally have to become this other person during your shift because this job that you're doing you're literally you're basically a theater kid you go in and like i'm the assistant cfo to the assistant manager and it's like you go in there and you're just this different person it's like there's no way that that's the most efficient way to get stuff done Mm -hmm. there's no way i feel like if you have people in there with like real relationships that are actually and i also i also always said like i thought the whole idea of like you know we don't want any coworkers like dating in the office or anything like that it's like first of all that's not gonna happen it's fucking impossible and it's also it's also mean it's it's controlling because it's like how do you not expect like we talked about this for sure but like when you're in school you're going to the same place every day with every other kid in your area that's the same age and you know all the girls you like all the girls you date and stuff like that they're usually going to be girls from your school because that's who you're surrounded by that's Mm -hmm. how you meet people you're in the same you're in the same environment you come across each other you like each other you hit it off whatever when you become an adult, you don't have it anymore. The only place that you're like forced to be in a in an environment with another person that isn't like deciding to be there with you specifically for you mm-hmm. is work. And now you're telling me that like you hit it off with a girl at your office and you guys like each other, you want to go out, but you can't. Why? And like I said a thousand times. So now you're basically telling me that the only way I can date is by like using Tinder or like going out to bars and trying to pick up chicks because I I can't just date the girl that I really like at my office Mm -hmm. because that's against corporate policy. So much of that is like these rules have come into play and I understand why they're there, but I don't feel like they're the best thing. I don't feel like they're the best thing, dude. I think, I mean, also it's like, we're both so far removed from like corporate America. Like I don't even know if that's true anymore. You know what I mean? Like I know. And also I think it's like heavily exaggerated because I know like a lot of companies where, you know, like, if you're in a relationship with someone else, you just have to, like, tell HR about it. Like, it just can't be a secret or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, I mean, they the company probably just doesn't want you fucking in their office space or, like, having it lead to a lawsuit if it goes wrong. Or the thing at the, uh, the when I worked at the movie theater, I'm pretty sure, like, um, I forget if it was a movie theater or something else, but it was, like, if you worked handling money, you can't be in a relationship with someone else handling money because oh. then the corporation will be like, you guys are going to try to steal shit. Interesting. Yeah. It was more of like a, 
like thief type shit than it was like that's wrong you can just be like boys with some like what if i'm just really good friends with another guy handling money i mean it was the same shit i think like that they didn't want friends working together at box office or like uh if you're you couldn't like be in a relationship with whoever was counting money and you couldn't sign it off if you were in a late whatever you know what i mean like yeah all the accounting type shit I think you're right. It, it, there's a lot of it that's heavily exaggerated, but that's kind of... I, I, I hate rules that are technically rules, but nope, like it's just a given that you're not actually going to follow. It's like, what's the point of the rule in the first place? It's mm-hmm. like, look, the rule should be don't steal money. Yeah. That should be the rule. And, you know, when you're trying to like come up with all these other like stipulations to be like, well, you know, you can't, you know, be cool. With, like if I find out that you went out and got beers with that other guy that handles money, turns out you guys are cool. Now you both... It's like, well... Why don't you just make it we can't steal money? Yeah. And then I can be friends with the fucking other guy but instead of one of us like, losing our job. I don't know. For some for some people, it's like that unlocks something in their brain. We're like, ooh, that's a good idea. I should do that now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So you have to be like, no relationships. Because then their brain is like, all right, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, nah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm fighting for... For our right to keep it real here, dude. I mean, what are you? Are you trying to date your fucking tip jar? Or what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> All I know is if the horse finds out that I'm friends with anybody in my band, <laughs> we have to act like we just don't even know each other. It's just like I don't know. It's like that's the. I guess I am coming at it from a weird place because like it's expected that the band drinks. Yeah, and so it's kind of hard for me to imagine that just, like. Like, why is that? Like, I also have to perform a job. In many cases, it you know, it's not as, um, I don't know. There's it, it is it is a very pivotal job, but at the same time, it's not. It's like, all right, it's one thing to have like a a, a bus boy that's wasted, mm-hmm. and then he's just like kind of just like kind of fucking shit up. It's another thing to have a guy wasted with a microphone that can just like absolutely just say whatever he wants and like suck and ruin everybody in the general vicinity's night by just blowing it mm-hmm. it's like there's a there's a certain amount of uh you know responsibility that you have when you're in charge of everyone's ears for four hours mm-hmm. you know and it's like you would think that they'd probably be like well maybe these guys shouldn't drink either but it's just like it's weird how like certain things just are the way they are and i think that like i said before i think that you know going back to the whole congress thing it's like i think that so much of uh you know the business this set you even think about like wall street guys it's like you know they have that refined thing and then when they get off work they're hitting like happy hours drinking like seven fucking martinis doing cocaine and shit and it's like dude just fucking it is what it is baby some people drink some people fuck you know let's get the job done dude that's what they did back we made it this far like that Mm -hmm. you know unless you're talking about the um like royalty back in the day like in the chinese empire they would literally anybody that worked in the uh royal halls they would literally make you a eunuch they'd castrate you mm-hmm. so you couldn't like fuck any of the women i don't want to go to By that accident either. i don't even want to go back to that but i respect it at least mm. at least you're at least you're a man of your work they drew a line in the sand they did then. draw a line in the sand yeah. but yeah I, th- I just thought that was cool and i think i think maybe we should bring that back um speaking of playhouses i went to an arcade in ocean city Ooh. turns out i'm decent at skee-ball Mm. turns out i am slightly less good at air hockey than dom after one match it's not that big of a deal but uh 
I I forgot like the arcade my brother said it's literally just a casino for kids because mm-hmm. you go in there but it's it's actually it's it's kind of more wholesome because it's actually fun too mm-hmm. you know like with with a casino you're literally just it's all about making the money yeah it's, you know and even and the games are like they're not visually fun i guess in the slots i don't fucking know i don't really i've never played slots well a lot of people gravitate to slots but um that aren't like big gamblers because it's just the most like it's just very intuitive yeah, just pull easy. the thing it's like doing a scratch off over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Arcades at least bring another element to it where it's like it doesn't quite feel like gambling because no one actually cares. Dude, I fucking had like 90 tickets at the end and I went up and like we had enough to get I had think like two rubber bands and a fucking Hershey kiss or something. You know about the rubber band thing too? Mm-hmm. Dude, what is with the rubber band thing? I got I one. Kids love rubber bands. It said and it's like in the shape of a dinosaur or some shit, right? Uh, this one was literally just the shape of a rubber band, and then it had shittily printed on it. It was six tickets for this thing, mm-hmm. which is like one oh, whole was it like a Livestrong or something. But it was like thinner. It was like the sh- it was like the actual size of a rubber band, just mm-hmm. a little bit thicker. A Livestrongs, those are another fashion thing that was big when we were in middle school, dude. Everybody was rocking the Livestrongs. Yeah. You know, and then and they also had like offshoots of that where I was getting like a rubber bracelet of something else. They were like a big thing in the 2000s. Weird thing to think about. Um, so back then they were cool. And my rubber band that I got was just an orange literal rubber band that had shittily printed on it the word energy. Hell yeah. Just energy. And it wasn't even, it was like kind of like accidentally wrapped around like half the word was like on the side. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it because every other night while we were in Ocean City. Now, of course, I went down with my mom, my girlfriend, my brother and his girlfriend. And pretty much, we were there for four nights. We only went out on the last night. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously the first night, I'm a big... You don't go out the first night. Because the travel day, it's like, you know, whatever. The second night, we were just kind of... It was a Wednesday. We're like, whatever. Thursday, we went to Ponzetti's. There you go. Fucking sick. But when you have, like, an entire pizza to yourself, you're not exactly trying to fucking party afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So, Friday night, we went out, got some crabs. Just crabs. Mm-hmm. That, dude, you can eat unlimited crabs and never feel full and just ready to attack the day, mm. dude. Like, and so, and this is, of course, after I'm wearing my energy bracelet and I wasn't Ooh, thinking about it. But you're dude, charged up. I was a fucking party animal Friday night. <laughs> I mean, I was out there. I was buying drinks for my mom. I was fucking, you know, just fucking just, I was just partying, yeah. you know? And then the next day I wake up and I was thinking, I was like, I've never had that much energy this whole week. <laughs> I have not had that energy this whole week. And I I hate to say it, but I, I wonder. And it can't be placebo effect because I didn't even think about it until after the fact. It wasn't like I like put on the energy brace and was like, it's go time. Yeah, you weren't like, shing, shing. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, wild and crazy guy. Like I was just, I put on the rubber band as like a gag. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot I was wearing it. And the next day, I'm like hungover, just like ache my aching head. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I was going off last night. But then night. you realized you had the hangover bracelet on. Oh, You yeah. took that off, and you're fine. <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> so I wonder if there is some credence, because after I thought about it, I remembered that in my faintest recluse of my mind, I seem to remember the concept of an energy bracelet being a thing. Am I imagining um, this Mandela effect? No. Wasn't it like a balance thing? It there was like were a those balance bracelet. There were those, yes. And, and there's like weird, like athletic bracelets that were popular for a while. Yep. 
and people get me like, and it's science. There's magnets in it. Yeah. It helps with your blood. Yeah. But it's all fake. And I'm here to tell you it's not fake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fall over once. I didn't fall over. Not once. Not once. Um, yeah, I, I, I seem to remember that being a thing. And then only then and after that, I was like, this might have been the best thing I bought. Because mm. other than that, we, we spent 80 tickets on a squirt gun. Yeah, it's unbelievable the amount of tickets you need to get anything worthwhile. Yeah. I don't well, to get something shitty even. Because I bet yeah. you got like a shitty swear gun. The five of us played for an hour mm-hmm. or 30 minutes. And we had enough to buy one rubber band and a squirt gun. There you go. There's for uh, y'all to share. <laughs> for us all to share. We I wasn't passing around the energy bracelet. I was gonna bring that in, but unfortunately it broke. I think it ran out of energy. I think that's how they break. I think uh, that, so I don't know, dude. I don't know. Boardwalks are full of things like that, like the mood ring. Was it like at the beginning of Gremlins when you got the energy bracelet? It's <laughs> so a guy like <laughs> How many tickets do you have? <laughs> <laughs> there's just so much like i think so much of boardwalk culture is the arcade thing too you know mm-hmm. you go in there it's like a fortune i got a fortune that was literally like me mm. like it, i was like damn dude it was like insulting dude, like i, I had actually a bad fortune the other day i was eating lunch alone and my fortune cookie said continue the conversation you're having and i'm like Bitch. I'm not talking to anyone. <laughs> I guess it's telling you to shut the hell up then. <laughs> I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> That's funny. I never get I never get sto- that stoked about like a good fortune, but mm-hmm. I do take bad ones to heart. Yeah. Like, they'll be like, you're a bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. fuck you, Towson Best. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if it's not working, you could try again differently. You're like, it's like hmm. what? <laughs> I was planning on that. <laughs> what is that supposed to be? Yeah, this fortune was just like it was like live like literally got it. She got one for her, one for me, and she gave me mine. And I was like, damn, dude, what the fuck? I don't know. It was just fun, man. It was just fun. Good nice. old fashioned fun. You go there, you do the fortune thing, you play the fucking zombie game with the guns. Mm-hmm. Like that shit's awesome, dude. Yeah, awesome. I saw. I saw live on Sunday. I yesterday. Yesterday, she yeah. told me that mm-hmm. she was walking. I guess in the rain. Yeah, I didn't tell her to do that. Don't put that on me. She said she Ubered there. She said she had to get your car to pick it up. Mm-hmm. I think from the studio or something. Yeah, we but had. A... I was over with Elizabeth at Yo Cafe, the new spot mm. up the street from the studio. It's all coming together now. And uh, where exactly is it? It's like it's in that where complex? the Pizza Hut used to be. Oh, the Pizza Hut's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Damn. I gotta check in. But I think she was walking to Duncan and saw us waiting for our food. I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck are you doing here? Nice. Then I was, then she said you guys had band practice. And I was like, oh, yeah, she wanted to sense. use the car. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I'm going to the studio, you can fucking walk. <laughs> <laughs> I had to clear that air. I know you and Liz were just like, what is wrong? I know. Here? Well, before we left, I was like, do you need to ride somewhere? Because I thought she said she Ubered, but I think it was to get your car, she Ubered. Yes. Yes. So I was like, okay, good. Mm-hmm. But like, we were like leaving in the rain, and I was like, I think, does she need a ride? Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't believe Jimmy made me do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had, uh, right before I went to the beach, I got a haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks good. And I'm wearing these headphones, so you can't tell. Mm-hmm. I was a little perturbed. Because the guy took my sideburns. Yeah. He took my fucking sideburns. Look at I this mean, shit. you gotta do that, though. 
I mean, they come back so quick. They should. They do. If you're awesome and have like high tea and shit. In I your have cheeks. very low tea. My cyber. Okay, I, I will say this. They're coming back faster than I gave myself credit for. Because mm-hmm. I did a full shit. I, I, I went into the place. I'm not going to blow up the place because I actually like this place. Um, but they have like several different, they have like a few different bartenders and I never know which one to get. I've gotten great haircuts. Barbers. Barbers. <laughs> barber. Barbers. <laughs> um, maybe that was my problem. I went to a fucking yeah, bar fucking for a haircut. Green turtle for a fucking bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> Mistake number one. Um, so they got a few different barbers. They kept saying they don't cut hair, but <laughs> I just figured I just put money on the table. Put money on the table, watch it happen. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm sitting there with a fucking bar napkin around my neck. Yeah. Ooh, getting a cut. Look what that money make a bitch do. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first mistake. But I go there and this is just a pet peeve of mine. Um and I have like a, a a seventh sense about when I when I can just tell something's about to go wrong, and it's just based off of people's demeanors. And we talked about this before with what I I call confident incompetence, and how it is the actual bane and detriment to all human progress is confident incompetence, because like we've so- talked about in the past. Being incompetent, obviously, best case scenario is somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing, knows what you want them to do, and fucking, you know, is open to communication, but at the end of the day gets it done. Mm -hmm. Right behind that is somebody who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, but knows that they don't know what the fuck they're doing or what you actually want them to do, what you want them to do specific, you know, in a haircut situation, this would apply because it's like, you know how to cut hair, but... This is a situation where, you know, I'm coming in here, I'm telling you what I want to be done. Mm-hmm. And if that person goes like, okay, I'm all ears, what do you want? Boom. That's incompetence, perhaps, that they don't know what they're doing, but they know what they're do- they know that they don't know what they're doing. And so you can work with that. What you can't work with is somebody who both has no idea what the fuck they're doing or what you want them to do, but is not open to any suggestions or any type of like direction or anything. So I am sitting there on the couch in the barbershop noodling around on the guitar seat opens up barber goes did you bring a guitar with you or was it there they have a guitar on the wall oh, it's like a very they have like beer in the fridge they got music play it's a very barber shoppy you know and, and it's it's a new experience for me kind of because obviously my my papu was a barber my entire life and before that and so i spent most of my life just getting haircuts from him so and then for a little while i go to like the mall hair cuttery which is mm. not it's not a bar it's it's more of a female environment. It's you know it's fine, but it's not the classic barber shop, you know. Mm-hmm. And so very recently, I've been going to this barber shop right in Towson, and it's a great place, and I like all the guys. And he just goes, um, not the main guy, but one of the guys working there is like, you, uh, you Jimmy. And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right. And I'm like, all right. You could have been a little bit more enthusiastic, you know. Whatever. Like I don't know. It's little things like that. I'm like, why? If you have a choice to be like cool. Mm-hmm. Or not cool. It's like, why not opt to be cool? It costs zero dollars to be like, come on up, bro. It's zero effort. Mm. You could do that all day. And you never even, it's the butterfly effect. You never know how's, how that pans out if you're like that all the time. But anyway, he's not like that. So I get up there and he's just like, what do you want? And I've talked about this on the podcast before. There's a old fashioned men's hairstyle poster on the back wall of the thing. And there's a haircut that 
I get, unfortunately, is called the Playboy. It's like a mm. 1950s haircut. I hate the fact that it's called Playboy, and so I refuse to say it because I don't want to sit there and be like, let me get the Playboy. Let me get the Playboy, keep the burns. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't want to be the guy that brings in like a picture of another dude. Yeah. Because that's such a chick Can I thing look like make. him? Yeah. Can you make it like, no, you can't look like no, him, dude. You don't even have the same bone structure. You have nothing that this guy, you have no money. You, you're here. <laughs> you yeah. think that guy comes here for a haircut? No, he does not. Um, <laughs> you think that guy's hair is real? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I refuse to do any of that stuff. So I just come like that one in the lower left, just that one. And he's like, all right. He proceeds to just give me the same haircut I think he was just going to give me anyway. Mm-hmm. And then like I'm trying to like make conversations. Like, you want like a one on the side, three, we want on the side. I'm like, I don't know, man. I think like maybe I guess a one. But then again, we are kind of itching into like fall. Winter. Maybe I get a three something. I don't know. He's like, all right, I'll just give you three. I'm like, all right. There goes that potential discourse, you know, a little mm. discourse we could have had. Like, yeah, dude, sometimes in the winter, like, I kind of grow it out a little bit because, like, it's it fuck cold, man. Like, shit, you know, you're a fucking barber. Yeah. You literally, there's no other job. Well, so listen to this. I used to, I tried to go to the cool barber shop in Hamden. Um, and anytime I went in there, they would always give me the guys with, like, shaved heads. And I'm like, bro, how am I even going to ask you for advice of what to do? Yeah. You don't even have hair. Like, what am I? What are you even doing here? <laughs> there was a there was a part of me after this situation went down that thought he was jealous that I had hair because mm. he didn't have hair. Mm. So I think there was a part where it was like, oh, you want the Playboy? How about I just give you fucking this? Oh, you want a three? I have a zero. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking hair having bitch! I'm like, damn, dude. So so I'm in there. And he's giving me the haircut, and they do this thing where, like, you're turned away from the mirror, so you can't mm-hmm. see what they're doing. So Damn. you just kind of have to guess what's going on. You just feel a bunch of pressure. He was doing. A, he was. He didn't ever like the position my head was in. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Whatever way I was looking was the wrong way. Just don't felt, look. Felt like a fucking. <laughs> thinks you're trying to get a glance at the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Felt like he was like a fucking making like a clay pot on one of those fucking things, just adjusting my head constantly. And uh, what do they call that? Pottery? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's doing it. And like, I feel, I was like, just, you know, don't worry about the sideburns. I'm going to keep them just like, you know, just I'll shave it the way I want it. Just kind of just get them down to size. You know, the rest, I don't want like longer sideburns in my side of my head. Mm-hmm. Just to get it down to the same length. I'll take care of it. And then so I see him spending a lot of time in the general ear area. And I noticed that especially because I kind of have cauliflower ear from wrestling. And so my ears are kind of stiff. So that's a, that's always a not the most pleasant experience when they're like bending it and my yeah. ears don't really bend that Ugh. well. This one in particular does not really bend that well and they don't fucking know. And then, you know, this is the last guy I want to start up another conversation. Yeah, or should I wrestle? I don't give a shit, dude. Okay, well, great. I was just yeah, actually, tell you. I got my ass beat so bad this ear doesn't bend anymore. If yeah, you bend it for <laughs> Stop me. Stop bending. <laughs> like I just didn't want you to snap my ear in half like a fucking Oreo. But okay, I guess I'll just keep that to myself as well. Um, so he's doing it and he's doing this thing. A lot of, sh- not a, and I'm like, no, it's crazy. He didn't ask you how high you wanted it to go up. He didn't. Cause whenever, I mean, even when I go to sports clips, buddy, they're like, how high do you want your sideburns? And I'm either like as high as it looks good or don't worry about it. I'll do it when I get home. Yep. Yep. Uh, speaking of sports, real quick side tangent. Uh, last, my last hurrah of being a, a piece of shit little kid was when I was like 23 and I went into sports clip 
<laughs> like this is the last time I tried to like like steal or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like shoplift, like something minor. But like I went in there. I was such a piece of shit, little twenty three year old. Twenty. I was just a kid. <laughs> I, was I was a, a kid. kid. Couldn't even been charged as an adult for. I was only twenty three. I went to juvie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm in there. I think it was around that time, and and I had gotten. I had like those like little things for like a promo, like free haircut, mm-hmm. and I had gotten one like two months prior, mm-hmm. and then I got found another one, Hell but it yeah. says like you can only use it once. And I went in there with another one, and she was like, "Have you been here before?" And I was like, "No." And the chick that cut my hair from like two months ago came. I was like, "Yeah, he has." Damn. I was like, it, 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 "The shame." Well, it's also like it's not coming out of their pockets. Like they get a, a refund from their corporate whatever the fuck structure. Yeah, I get that, but it was it was it was a necessary thing. Uh, to happen, I think in my kind of, I always say like the year, I think 23 to 24 was one of the most pivotal mind shifts that I've had. We've talked about that, like when we talk about like the quarter life crisis. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely one of those moments where I realized like, dude, you're a grown man and you just got called out for trying to get a free haircut at a fucking sports clip. But also it it seems like you weren't even trying, like you didn't even do like the switch, the costume up a little bit and trick or treat at the same house. I just grew my hair out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Could have at least put like sunglasses on. Yeah. Fucking something. They get done the haircut and they're like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Pants over a picture of you do not cut this man's hair wait a second (laughs) this guy was in disguise the whole time shorter hair last time you were in here um and so uh yeah i got called out for that and it was very embarrassing and i still wound up getting the haircut and i paid him and i tipped well and that was kind of when i walked out of that store i was like dude it's not even about the money it's not about the threat like i was gonna go to jail or something but it was just the embarrassment and the shame of knowing in that moment that you're not a little kid anymore it's not like it's not uh, just yeah it's not a cute kid like you're a fucking you're a fucking asshole who tried to scam a fucking sports clips out of a free haircut because you're too cheap to pay the fucking $12. You know, it was just embarrassing. Um, So anyway, back to the main barber story, not there. Um, So the guy's spending a lot of time on my my side area where the burns should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, again, I have no idea what's going on because I'm just staring at the fucking wall. And I think maybe they do that on purpose because a lot of times when I'm not facing against the wall... It's like, I don't know where to look. Mm-hmm. It's like, you want to look at yourself, but like, it feels uncomfortable to just be yeah. looking at yourself for and like 20 minutes. you don't want to like look at the guy. Yeah. Like, that's the that's the worst part at sports clips. I'll like literally just close my eyes because I'm like, I'm not like, I don't want to like freak you out by looking at what you're doing or like, yeah. whenever you're working and someone looks at you, you feel weird. So like, yeah. I don't want to do that to someone else. Yeah. Like, you just have to kind of like look at their supplies and shit. Yeah, and like, I just dude. fucking, I literally just like almost doze off because I just close my yeah. eyes and I'm there for so long that I'm like, I might as well just go. Back also, there's probably a lot of micromanaging going on for certain people that are like, you know, if they're literally watching you cut their hair. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can imagine this probably happens a lot with, with girls because they tend to care a little bit more uh, than guys do about their haircuts. But even mm-hmm. like some more persnickety guys might uh you know just like no 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 it's like dude i'm trying to just do my job like trust me it'll look right this is what i have to do i have to like taper it down or whatever so mm-hmm. i get why they do it it's kind of better but in certain instances like this it's not because when he turns me around after my haircut uh i immediately notice my fucking altar boy burnt. my yeah my altar boy sideburns that i have my lack thereof 
And I, I was like, ah, shit, dude. I didn't want you to take off the sideburns. And I was, that's what I was trying to say before. And it's like, I'm not going to be a dick about it. Even though I was getting dickish vibes from this guy the whole time. And I mm-hmm. think that's really what made me annoyed was the, again, the confident incompetence. It's like, you know. Or if, like he thought he knew better than what you wanted. Exactly. And that would really piss we've, me off. We've been over that before on the podcast. Exactly. Like, that happens a lot when you go out to a restaurant and you're ordering food. And you're like, I want this, but with this. And they're like, are you sure? It's It comes with this and it's so good. And it's like, bitch, why else would I say that? Then? Yeah. Yeah. You think I've never had asparagus before? I know what it tastes like. Yeah. You know. Uh, I, I want, want onion rings. <laughs> onion rings. <laughs> I've had asparagus and I've had onion rings. And I got to say, <laughs> there is a clear winner. <laughs> I do like asparagus though. Yeah, asparagus. Grilled asparagus. Yeah, nothing like sell. it. Yeah. Nothing like it. But um, so like I'm trying not to be a, a bitch about it. And I still, you know, I paid up. So then, shit. yeah, you go back to the couch, you pick the guitar back up. <laughs> like, Here's a song Here's about a, story. a guy with a shitty haircut. <laughs> happened in a place like this. Just super passive aggressive. <laughs> like, what? I'm like, no, it's a cover, don't worry about it. Um, and uh, I guess, again, what really bugged me was just what I was saying before. It's like you get this sense of. When he first greeted me, I knew that this was not going to be a guy that was like approachable. And there's certain there's certain people that like they give you that vibe where it's like this isn't a person that I can like have an open line of communication with. This is a person who's just like walled off and like I just kind of have to hope that when I say something, they don't even really give you that assurance. Like they really actually listen. They just kind of all right. Like they don't even give you that thing where like maybe they ask a follow-up question like so you want it like here or here they just go Mm. like all right and it's like you never really feel like you're getting through yeah and so when that happens and then ultimately it pans out to not work out that's what frustrates me is because it's like dude all you would have had to do is just kind of be less slightly less of a dick and you would have heard what i said you would have either understood it or understood that you didn't understand it and then asked me because you're concerned with like actually getting it right since mm-hmm. I have to live with this for the next however long until my sideburns grow back you know and it's like whatever it's not a big deal but it's just little things like that I just get like, ah, come on man and like you know I wanted you know I uh, I did have a guy that a cook at perennial shouts out Aaron Hartman uh he went to high school with mm-hmm. us yeah shout out and uh he on my birthday just said you gotta lose the sideburns dude it's like dang. He's like, it's just not it's not you. It's like Honestly, I like I like the high and tight. It it definitely Sideburns like they can be a look, but also like with a fresh cut, you need a fresh start. You're right. And and that's what that's what my, my mother and my girlfriend and, and other people in my life have tried to c- console me with. <laughs> and I noticed that I was like, dude, I look way, way, way younger now. Cause normally like, mm-hmm. it's like you lose a sideburns. It's like, now nah, this is like the haircut I have when I was like 19. Mm-hmm. It's just like the run of the mill. You just get your hair shorter. You literally just get a hair cut. Yeah. You're not getting it styled. You're not trying to go for anything. Just make it shorter. And you know, they take your side. I never even thought of sideburns until like two years ago. I didn't know they were a thing. I couldn't even yeah. do them. And so, yeah. well, and, and that's that's the pitfall that men like us fall into. Uh, we get trapped in because for so long, all we wanted was facial hair. Yes, mm-hmm. and then now that we can finally almost pull it off, 
Mm-hmm. We don't want to like shave it off or let it go because it's finally in our grasp. It's a pride thing. It's like it's you're a pr- happy. You're it's proud like, of yourself. Thank God I'm an adult now. Yeah. But then like, like yeah. It's no. like just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah, exactly. But there is a point in a young man's life when when he can do it. Yeah, usually you gotta show it off. Usually they, you know, young men usually do that in high school. Yes, yes. College. Young men being 31-year-old men yeah. <laughs> would like to let the world know, hey, I'm 31, and I can grow some facial hair, exactly. particularly by my ears. <laughs> and he took that away from me. And now I've had to be, uh, embrace this new identity as a side. I used to walk around literally looking at guys with no sideburns. Like, what are you doing, bro? Mm. Getting the fucking, uh, you know, bro cut with the... Now I'm that guy. Now other people are looking at me. I saw a guy with sideburns looking at me, and I was like, he's thinking what I think about other people about me. Mm-hmm. I'm that fucking guy now. Um, but uh, and we can wrap up in a second. I have we one can wrap more. up soon. I want to know about these tickets you brought in. Yes. So you didn't even get to that. And I have a I have a quick little update. I'll just throw in real quick. Yeah, throw that in. Yes. Second mouse down. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. How'd you get this one? Uh. I put up all the kill traps and I put the one trap back, the humane one that I got the other one in. For some reason, a guy picked that one, even though it smelled like, you know, a mouse in distress. Mm. Someone ran in there and I, I, I think I accidentally left a mouse in there like for a day. So you made a humane trap inhumane. I made mm. a humane trap inhumane <laughs> and then uh, we saw something where like... Did he live still? He was alive. He was okay. fine. But, like, you could tell he was like, bro, I've seen some shit in yeah, here. Yeah, solitary like, confinement. <laughs> exactly. Came out there like, huh. Um, but, uh, so the first mouse, you know, I just drove it a couple blocks away and let it loose. But then we read something that, like, you should really try to go more than two miles. What? To let a mouse go. Otherwise, it might find its way back. Jesus So, <laughs> we drove to the fucking, um, the light rail stop by Roland Park. Nice. And... We like now you know, there's take like, the light rail back to your house. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like you know, let him out in the woods, but like there was a cop there and it was like late and it was only like ten thirty or something, you know. Like it was way too late to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um but we like drove and parked like a little bit away from a cop and I was like really nervous. So I was like, Are we gonna get like in trouble for doing this? <laughs> but it's like we're just putting an animal back in the wild, if anything, like should be getting a pat on the back or something. Yeah, what is the charge for that? I don't know the charge for that is, but we like let a mouse loose in Roland Park and then drove back home. And yeah. cop didn't stop you. Didn't stop us. I think they had bigger fish to fry. Probably, I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. And also, there's no way that's illegal. I don't think it's illegal. That might even be less le- illegal than spitting gum on the ground. Yeah. Well, uh, aside from the fact that you you held a mouse in, in fucking in the hole yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome dude it, i think that it deserves some respect that you are willing to do what most people would not do uh in order to save such a seemingly insignificant life uh, i think it says a lot about a person's character um so it's good you know uh but uh didn't you also say you went defcom 5 a little bit too 
Well, I mean, dude, I bought all these kill traps and no one's going in them. Oh, so <laughs> they keep I, going in the ones that don't kill them. I love how you have two I have different four <laughs> death traps placed around the and house. One humane one. <laughs> and one humane one that keeps getting sprung. And what's so funny is like if you catch one in the humane one, you're like, I will drive to Roland Park <laughs> well, light like, rail. What am I gonna do? But but if you fucking go to the death trap, that's your problem, bitch. Yeah, if you're in the death <laughs> trap, that's your problem, and I'm gonna open the fucking chip clip and into the trash can and just take it out like that's all i'm doing that is actually that's actually hilarious but like i like no they're kind of pissing me off because they're making me do more work i know (laughs) they're getting a fucking like ride out of all this shit just the assortment of like iron maidens and fucking like the wheel the (laughs) rack and then like a humane trap and then like a fucking pit of vipers you're like every possible style of trap and they're only going for the humane ones dude yeah that speaks more to and mouse for the one where they get like a free fucking vacation trip yeah, to yeah. Fucking they probably know the about wood. It. Like, dude, dude they probably love the woods yeah <laughs> hop on the fucking light rail take it down to the city take a trip hop back on go back to your fucking house whenever they want to take a fucking trip mice can't live with them honestly probably couldn't live without them i don't know how they affect the ecosphere but i'm sure yeah I don't know. i'm sure they do something i'm sure if we just lost mice Oh, hungry assholes. Uh, real quick, I saw a TikTok video of a praying mantis catching a lantern fly. It's mm, good news. Good They're shit. catching on. So, speaking of ecosphere, the animals have heard your pleas and they're about that life now. Mm-hmm. They're eating lantern flies. All oh, it takes yeah. is just teaching them, like, dude, you can eat this shit. It's fine. Um, but in regards to this final, this final subject, subject mundo. Um, this was just a, just a, uh, a, just a interesting, uh, more than interesting. It was, it, I perceived it as profound, a profound, uh, coincidence. If you believe those exist, um, that happened to me when I arrived in ocean city, uh, last Tuesday and that, uh, I, I go up, we, I pull into the, uh, the lot where our, my mom gets the condo right up on like a hundred something street. Hunter Street, actually. It's like technically Channel Boo. It's the Irene. You think that's a coincidence? Mm. My mom, of course, books the Irene. Yeah. Um, always a nice ocean front view. It's sick. It's a good time. Um, and so I, I always, we only get one parking spot. And she obviously takes it. So I just park in that like municipal lot, like three blocks down. It's actually very convenient. Mm. It's $10 a day or 40 for a week. Too easy. Um, and so I did that last year, obviously. And then this year, uh, I was planning on doing it again. And so I bring all my stuff up to the the condo, kind of get settled in a little bit, grab a beer, you know, do some shit. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to go move my car. It's like six. It's well, yeah, it's like six something p.m. Uh, at the time. And I go into I go down the stairs. I get the elevator. I get into the lot. I open my car door. And out of nowhere, it wasn't there before. But on my on the mat. And my driver's side, like Matt, like where my feet go, mm-hmm. there's just a face down ticket. Just a white square, it looks like mm. to me. It just looks like this on my driver's side. It wasn't there when I got out of the car, mm-hmm. or so I knew, or so I thought. I looked down, and for whatever reason, I was just like drawn to pick it up. And so I just was like, because normally, you know, you see a piece of paper on your fucking car floor, it's like, what else is new? Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, I was like, what is that? Cause that's it stood out, and so I picked it up. You must have like just cleaned your car or some shit. Uh, not really, even like I I had cleaned it before I drove down to Nashville. My car is in like a moderate state right now, where okay. I'm not 
embarrassed if somebody gets in it, but I'm also not like stoked when people get in it. Yeah. You know, it's like my car is in like like in about one month. I I, I only go in like I go in like re like overhauls like i just let it get shitty and then i just make it the nicest car ever and then that lasts for like a month and i gotta do it again yeah um so i'm in like that middle state right now and i pick it up and i'm looking at it at first it doesn't register and i'm seeing it and i notice it's today's date and i'm reading closer because it's kind of faded Mm -hmm. and it says and i I remember thinking to myself as i'm reading like dude if this says town of ocean city i'm gonna fucking lose it because what I realize is, and it does, it says Town of Ocean City. And what I realize is that for somehow, for an entire year, I had driven my car around. And at the exact moment when I come back to Ocean City and I get in my car to park my car in the lot, mm-hmm. for some reason, magically on the driver's side floor is the ticket from last year when I parked in the lot mm-hmm. for the exact same date. Exact same amount. Exact same amount. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, like, what are the fucking, like, what are the odds of that? I gotta see these. Both the same date. And. Wow, yeah, 9-12-2022 and 9-12-2023. p.m., 7.03 p.m. It's down to the same meter, 6-2-4-4-9,000. Yep. Sheesh. And I, 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 I like literally sat in my car and I stared at it for I want to say a good three minutes because I was just like in disbelief. And I guess yeah, that's nuts. Maybe the way I'm telling the story, it doesn't quite capture the uh, the profundity that I got in that moment that I felt in that moment. But to put it in context, I always, I always take all my tickets, like my like parking things that I pay for, mm. and I put them in a little like folder binder thing in my car so I can write them off for taxes. And I almost never forget to do that, obviously, because I want to save as much money as possible. So for this sequence of events to have occurred, to be a complete coincidence, what would have had to happen is last year, I would have had to have for some reason forgotten to take my parking ticket and put it in the binder like I do for 98% of my parking tickets. Mm -hmm. Because it definitely got sun. Yes. So it got exposed to sun. It must have been like stuck all the way in the front of your windshield. Yes. And then somehow it or it was on the ground. I think it was on the ground under a seat, maybe something like that. Or yeah, on the windshield, wherever it doesn't even matter. For Mm. somehow it was up. It was in a place in my car, which is already a two percent chance that I forgot to put it in there because that is the one thing I'm super organized about when it comes to write offs. I save all that shit. Every receipt, every gas receipt, blah blah blah. I'm very scatterbrained in general, but with that stuff, I do make myself do that. Um, so it's already a 2% chance that that didn't go in the binder. And then somehow for a year straight, this ticket has just existed in my car, lingering around, shuffling under seats, moving around the dashboard, whatever it's doing. And for a year straight, I never noticed it, never saw it. Maybe it was under a seat. Who knows? I don't know. And then by some miraculous uh, turn of events, at the exact moment, one year later, when I am leaving the condo to go downstairs to park my car in the lot, there lies face down on my driver's side mat the ticket from exactly one day a year ago for that lot. Mm-hmm. The odds of that are, what are the odds of that? I mean, what are the actual odds of that? How many times have I driven my car since last September? How many places have I gone? How many miles? I've driven to Nashville and back. I drive to Gaithersburg and back. Every fuck, I'm in my car constantly driving around. Mm-hmm. For somehow, whatever way I turned into that lot, 
bef- when I parked it and didn't notice it, must have slid out this exact ticket just waiting there for when I go to park it back a year later. Those are things that you're like, uh, we talked about this before, obviously. I call them a wink from the universe or a wink from God. I just, even though it could be, and especially now that I've gotten so into like the sports gambling and stuff like that, and I've really like started to learn more and more about probability and events occurring and how that shit works and how it all goes down and how like everything in the universe is governed by laws of probability and things. So even with that whole thing kind of like kind of like flowering in, kind of peppering in my perception of this event, when you look at something like that, you're met with this unbelievably improbable thing that just happened. This unbelievably, the odds of that happening, you couldn't do that again if you wanted to, maybe in three lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Just the odds of that exact thing happening. And you can either choose to look at that and go, well, yeah, that's just crazy. But there is kind of a sense that like this almost like primal, not primal, uh, but more like a, I guess I'll say spiritual maybe, um, this surge that when I picked up that ticket and I saw it, just instinctively, my body went like, whoa. Like it like it gave me a chill. It gave me a chill like it was beyond something that was just like this unbelievable, unbelievably unlikely thing to happen. It just gives you like this, like you almost have this innate sense of like meaning or uh, like significance, I guess mm-hmm. is the word. That you can try to explain away with simple mathematics, and and if you're having a conversation with somebody who's like completely, you know, no higher power, completely atheist, whatever, all that shit's bullshit. It's all science. It's all math. It's like okay, you can explain that away, but you can't ignore that kind of instinctive sense, and and even why people thousands and thousands of years ago even originally came up with the concept of a higher power or a god to explain these things that like, you know, there the people just exist in their lives and, and, you know, animals, I don't know if chimpanzees are running around thinking about God and shit like that, but mm-hmm. for some reason through the course of evolution, all of human societies, all of them, virtually all of them completely disconnected from one another as well, all have this concept of divinities and, and, and higher meaning and power. It's, it's not a, it's not a coincidence that every single human civilization all kind of had a concept of this in one way or another. And you and that and that experience of seeing something like that happen, even the smallest thing like that. Not to mention, you know, when you first were looking out at the fucking stars ten thousand years ago, and you see a fucking shooting, you're like, "What the fuck?" Or a fucking thunderstorm, and like the things that would inspire people to think like that. But it's like, I almost can't help. It's almost like in those moments, you just get this sense where you're like, "Again, this is this is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now." Mm -hmm. And I've talked about that. I can't even remember the last. It's a good thing we do this podcast because. It's somewhere in an episode somewhere where I talk about some other thing that happened where it gave me that same experience. But those things happen every so often where it just makes you go like, it just, it, like I said, a wink from the universe. Just like saying like, whatever you're fucking thinking, whatever you're doing, uh, at this exact moment, this is where you're supposed to be. Which means that you could not have gone wrong if you're where you're supposed to be. And then, you know, of course, Liv texted her friends about it and they said 444 says exactly that as an angel number, which I don't, mm. I'm not a big angel number no, guy. That's from last year, though. It's from last year, but that's the one I found. True. It's the one I found. That's true. So, I don't know. Just things like that. Uh, don't be boring. 
don't be the guy. Look, you can be both guys. You can be the guy who like can explain the statistical uh, analytics of things, but don't become so data minded that you lose all sense of wonder because then you're just a fucking dweeb. Don't be a fucking dweeb, dude. Um, when when God winks at you, wink back. Um, but yeah, that's all I had to talk about this week. Uh unless there are any objections from the pulpit. No, I think my only update was mouse number two out of the house. Bada bing, bada boom. You also have a birthday coming up as we yeah, discussed. Birthday week. 31, um, the big 3-1. Finally going to be as mature as me again. This past month has been tough. I know. I've been such a baby all month. Fucking big ass baby, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's cool. Wednesday, September 20th. Send your boy a shout out. And by your boy, I mean Eric. Mm-hmm. Um... Got the brunch coming up on Sunday, which I will unfortunately be indisposed at. Uh, But that should be good. I know you were secretly stoked, and I was like, they're not going. I would have been stoked, honestly. No lie. Yeah, kind of. But also... Plan a fucking trip during my birthday. Yeah. Um, But yeah, should be fun. If your plan falls through, feel free to come through. Absolutely, Um, dude. And yeah, at Eric Glazer on everything. Yeah, uh, at Jimmy Seleski. Not much going on this week for me, folks. Uh, no perennial this Tuesday, the 19th. As for I will be at the studio, Moose House, down I believe in Remington. Never been there before. But we're recording two more songs with the sophomore boys before John takes his voyage to Nashville. So we want to kind of get a bunch of stuff stacked up so we have a bunch of shit to work on before our next session. Um, we also have that Grammy Desk concert coming up for you. We're going to... I guess try to attempt to film that next week at some point. Should be cool. A little acoustic set, kind of like a ripoff of a, not even a ripoff, like a mock of uh, the Tiny Desk concert uh, where we'll play some of our greatest hits so far and maybe even a new release uh, yet to be uh, divvied out. Um, so we'll do that. Um, I'll be in LA this weekend. So if anybody on the West Coast is, finds himself in Los Angeles, hit me up. Maybe I'll hit up Nick Oldershaw or something or whatever. He's still out in L.A., right? No, he's in Chicago now. All right, I'll hit him up anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll hit up other people in L.A., who knows? Uh, So, yeah, uh, other other than that, next week, Tuesday, perennial, back in black. Uh, Missed the past two Tuesdays, but September 26th, I will be back 5 to 8.30. And uh, just a bunch of semi-private events that weekend. So, really, that's all I have to tell you as far as uh, the rest of September. And then we're cruising right into Spooktober. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we will begin our October spooktacular series of uh, spookalicious podcasts coming at you live from mm. the studio at Jimmy Celeste. We have a new movie monster every week on the podcast. There we go. Yes. We got Frankenstein the first week. Yeah. We got Dracula. None of them are known to be... Dracula's was known talker. None of the other monsters yeah. are talkers. Well, yeah. We're not getting the mummy on. We've yeah. been burned by the mummy before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mummy, mummy sucks at podcast. Terrible guess. You'd never yeah. get it. Dracula, great. He knows how to talk. Uh-huh. Freddy, from he he knows how to talk. Freddy, yeah. We'll have Freddy on Friday the thirteenth, which is coming up in October. Which is ironic because that's you know that's Jason's day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, at LFTS Podcast across the board. At Jimmy Celeste, at Sophomore MD for the band. At Eric Glazer. Uh, Till next week. Peace. Peace.